welcome, 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 Housers, to another episode of On the Way Home. Some cool swag we have. Uh, this is uh, On the Way Home hat. And listen, uh, guess what? This podcast is brought to you by, in partnership with the good folks at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. Why I tell you that is that their next conference is uh, in October in Halifax. You want to go. Awesome speakers, awesome keynote speakers, awesome presentations, uh, awesome collaboration. It's so cool in Halifax, which is gorgeous in October. Registration has opened up. We'll be there. You can buy one of those great hats and visit us at the podcast booth. Um, it's going to be another great conference. Every year they have over a 1,000 people there uh, from all walks of life, from all over the world. So you want to be there too. Go to caeh.ca, check out their website, uh, and they do much, much more. So there's lots of training and other information there, other ways you can be uh, to help you with your advocacy uh, efforts. Check out their website, an incredible organization. We're so proud at Blue Door, where I'm from, uh, to partner with them. Let's talk a little bit about Blue Door. Blue Door is an organization that I work for. It is located primarily in York Region. I say primarily because we do a little work in Peel, which is uh, to the west of us, at Durham to the east. Uh, we are north of Toronto in Ontario. Uh, primarily, we do a lot of work with our most vulnerable around emergency housing, transitional housing. Uh, we do wraparound supports. We get medical supports for our uh, individuals. And we run a really cool employment social enterprise, construction social enterprise called Construct, which is just kind of exploding as we put 200 people over the last couple of years into the trade. So we desperately need to build the millions of homes we need across this country. They go into uh, jobs that pay them a living wage automatically uh, and that can only grow from there it's meaningful work it brings in revenue to blue door so we can do things like housing and and uh, other programs not in the backs of government a huge win-win-win very very cool that is called construct if you want to check out that or maybe one of our other programs like our inclusion inn like an inclusion program for 2s lgbtq plus youth the first of its kind uh north of toronto check that out as well you can go to bluedoor.ca and find out about all of our programs uh at that website i work with an incredible group of people doing life-changing work and i'm grateful to them let's talk about today's guest on the way home uh today i talk with gary gladstone now gary is uh he's part of arena and arena's organization that works with individuals with developmental disabilities they've been serving uh, the GTA for over 50 years, or this is their 50th year. So 50 years of doing incredible, life-changing, impactful work. Why is Gary here on the podcast today? Well, as he says in our conversation, that was unbeknownst to me, 18 to 30% of people experiencing homelessness have devel de developmental disabilities. Um, and there's not a lot of targeted housing for people with developmental disabilities. And RENA aims to change that. Uh, in fact, there was some inclusion in the National Housing Strategy, and he's bringing that to life. Uh, him and 29 other groups across the province coming together. They're really shining, shining a light uh, on this and trying to get uh, lots more housing built. RENA has built a few beautiful examples of how this can be done uh, how it can be funded, but how it can be operated. I've uh, personally had the pleasure of touring, uh, touring their, their most recent building. It was gorgeous, inclusive, and they don't just build housing. It really is a community within a community, and it doesn't just serve the individuals in the building. It's actually supporting the caregivers who have not only worked full-time to support their children for years, but maybe haven't had the ability to take a vacation or get rest, or maybe they're, they're seniors, 
in their their late 70s or early 80s and they just need a break or, or can't physically do it anymore. Gary and I discuss all of that in our conversation, the great work of Rena, what his hopes for uh, are in working with government for individuals around housing for uh, individuals with developmental disabilities, what the future could look like, what his hopes are, uh, examples of how it can be done. He shares some incredible stories of how uh, affordable and supportive housing has impacted the lives of some individuals they've worked with at Rena and their families. You don't want to miss this. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. So happy to have Gary Gladstone here. Gary, thanks so much for making the time to join the show today. Uh, welcome to On The Way Home. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Thrilled to be here. Uh, you do incredible work. Uh, Lou Dor is doing fantastic stuff and just glad to talk to the people. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. We asked the same question of everyone that comes on uh, and everyone has their own, because it's very personal, their own unique answer to this. And that is, what does home mean to you? Well, knowing what the question was going to be in advance, I figured I'd do what everybody's doing these days. And I went online to chat GPT because I was really curious as to what artificial intelligence would say, what is home? And I'm telling you, you know, it's pretty good. So uh, chat GPT says, Home typically refers to a place where a person lives, where they feel a sense of comfort, safety, and belonging. It can be a physical space, such as a house, apartment, or any other place where a person resides. Home can also refer to a community or group of people with whom one shares common values, interests, or experiences. For many people, home is a place where they can relax and be themselves, surrounded by the people and things that they love. It's a place where they can create memories, find solace, and recharge. So I got to tell you, that was bang on. And the biggest issue that I have, Mike, is those with developmental disabilities currently have to wait 40 years to have a good home of their own at deeply affordable rent with appropriate supports. But we got to do something about that. Absolutely, Gary. And that's something that we don't talk about enough on this show. We're going to dive into that. Uh, because we talk about homelessness, there's there's a whole another population, as you're you just talked about, that kind of has we we have it discussed that sometimes goes under the radar, but it's people like yourself that and and the the groups that you lead that don't allow it to do so. But before we get into that, I want to know more about Gary Gladstone and his journey into this work. Tell me about Gary. Well, thanks, and it's a pleasure. So I guess I graduated from. Uh, University with a Bachelor of Math and Computer Science all one or two days ago and worked in the computer field being a volunteer in the charitable sector. And then I ended up becoming a professional fundraiser, very interested in politics. And then before I knew it, I was doing some government relations work. I had started my own consulting firm. And then I had a meeting with Brian Keshin, the CEO from RENA, and uh, all of a sudden, I uh, was brought on board seven years ago, haven't looked back, and have been fighting the fight for one of the most vulnerable populations uh, that I'm aware of, those with developmental disabilities, to make sure that they get their fair share in society and that society provides the most that they possibly can so these individuals can live a full, independent life. Amazing, Gary. That's, that's quite a journey that makes sense. You're you're kind of putting your great skills and your passion together. You talked about Rena there. Uh, we want to learn more. For viewers that are maybe outside of uh, our province, outside of our country, 
Tell me, who is Rena? What do they do? Um, what are some of the things you're proud of? Well, if you can look behind me, Rena is celebrating our 50th anniversary this year. Uh, it's an agency that serves those with diverse abilities, open and accessible to all, firmly rooted in Jewish culture and values, uh, primarily helping those with uh, developmental disabilities and severe mental health challenges. We now um, assist about 1,000 people, um, about 500 and change in residential, uh, 350-ish in our day program, which of course has changed and modified with COVID, and uh, another 100 or so in our outreach program. Located primarily in Southern York region, uh, Richmond Hill and Vaughan, as well as uh, Northern Toronto, the old North York area. But our influence goes much farther. We've helped start many agencies um, across the province, across the country and around the world, um, affiliations everywhere. And um, we started, and I'm blessed to be chair right now, of the Intentional Community Consortium, which is 29 agencies across Ontario and Quebec uh, looking to build and advocate for uh, deeply affordable, supportive housing for those with developmental disabilities. Awesome. Amazing. And I can go on for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> but people can check out the RENA website at uh, rena.org. And uh, to find out more about what's happened over our past 50 years, we have a special 50th website, rena50.org. Very cool. And congratulations on doing 50 years of just impactful, life-changing work. Uh, very cool. Now, let's talk about developmental disabilities and homelessness and affordable housing. How big of a deal is this? And, and what are we looking at? What's the challenge? What's the problem? What are you fighting for? I'm fighting for individuals with developmental disabilities to be able to have their own home, to be able to have a deeply affordable, supportive rental or ownership housing, depending. So first you need to know a little bit about uh, those we support with developmental disabilities. Number one, 90% uh, live below the poverty line. And in Ontario, they're on ODSP, which means they only have $522 a month for rent. Uh, in terms of homelessness, 18 to 30% of those in homeless shelters in the GTA, and we understand the numbers are similar across the country, um, have developmental disabilities. There's currently a 40-year waiting list for those with developmental disabilities uh, for housing. So the positive news is this is the first generation where individuals with developmental disabilities are now outliving their parents. No more institutions, better supports, better food, better health care, better everything is allowing them to live much fuller lives. So now very often what's happening is the um, older adult uh, with developmental disabilities is being cared for at home by their parents or siblings. And as the um, older adult child is aging, so are the parents. So now an adult with developmental disabilities living at home, 30, 40, 50 years old, parents are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And of course, as you can understand, through life as the caregivers are aging, the amount of support they can give is not as great. And now we get the crisis calls, not when the individual with developmental disabilities goes into crisis, but when their caregiver, as they're aging or for whatever reason, can't assist. 
and there's just not enough housing out there about um for every person who's housed about uh, 12,000 or so in Ontario there's another uh, 1.2 people that are waiting for housing and the list is growing by about uh, 1200 all uh, 1200 individuals every year so things got a bit better uh, in uh, 2017 the federal government released the national housing strategy and when they did it was the first time that the vulnerable community those with developmental disabilities were recognized as a targeted vulnerable community that needed support from government and in the strategy it specifically states at least 2400 units for those with developmental disabilities will be created so slowly but surely change is being made but much more needs to be done Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project, or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Well, let's talk about that much more. You know, you're a real creative guy, you're an innovator, so are the 29, is it, I believe, yep. organizations yep. that you're talking about. What does... Well, it's going to be 30 once Blue Door uh, joins and decides you're going to build more housing, so it's going to be 30. <laughs> for sure, for sure. What what does that look like? What are the solutions, Gary? What have you seen? Have you seen things, are, you know, obviously Rena's doing great work, you talk about that. Are there others around the world, models we can look at that say... They've got this. Maybe it's something we should do. Okay, what has to change or happen? Well, lots has to change and a lot has to do with government. So when the um, federal government has the money through the National Housing Strategy, which flows down to the provinces and then to the municipalities. Now, some of the municipalities realize that there's an issue, realize that there's concern and need to help, and they do. But unfortunately, that's not true across the board. So focusing in Ontario for just a minute, we now have a specific ask to the provincial government that as the provincial government is renegotiating the um, bilateral agreement of the co-investment funding of the national housing strategy with the feds to allocate 10% of every housing dollar when it goes down to the municipalities, that the municipalities have to spend that to support those with developmental disabilities. It can either be spent in terms of a rent supplement to um, in existing buildings to um, supplement the rent so it's more affordable. It can be given as capital funds to charities and nonprofits or other builders to build housing specifically for those with developmental disabilities or anything of the like. And that's really stage one. And then stage two is, of course, the housing. So RENA prides itself on our intentional communities, um, apartment buildings, if, if you will, with support in them that permit those that we support in other agencies, we have partnerships with many, um, to live a very whole life as independent as they want to be with the whole range of housing options, from group homes to apartment buildings to their own building with minimal support depending on what they need. 
Yeah, you've done some of this work. Let's talk about some of the successful models. Can you talk about Rena? So when you with some of your housing, what makes it a little different? Like what is a great design when we're looking at uh, a type of structure for affordable housing for individuals with developmental disabilities? Sure. So let's take a look at the Lou Fruitman Rena residence, which was uh, just opened up in Thornhill about two years ago. It's a six-story apartment building for 84 individuals with considerable um, recreation program space in it. Um, one, two, and three and four bedroom apartments. Um, the individuals are tenants according to the Landlord and Tenant Act. We have supports not only from Rena, but our partner agencies, March of Dimes, Safe Haven, um, YSSN, Creating Alternatives, um, all to ensure that the individuals living there have the best and fullest life that they possibly can. Located uh, right across from the promenade, those of you, of uh, your viewers familiar with um, Thornhill, in the middle of uh, the community, surrounded by everything they could possibly want. As a matter of fact, it's about five minutes away from my house. And listen, I, I've had the great opportunity to tour. It's a gorgeous building, just beautiful, well done. Uh, and it's a great example. I, I know you pulled, there's federal money, provincial money, and, and of course, Rena raised some funds. So it's a great example of how to fund it and do it. But also you created a community within that building, right? It's an incredible community. The individuals there support each other. They look after each other. They uh, do many things together. So there's no congregate dining. Each apartment has uh, their own kitchen. Everyone cooks for themselves but that's not necessarily the case because the friends on the floor get together and they'll have meals together. Either they'll cook together, their support workers will cook for them, but uh, it's a family. Um, I remember one story in particular at, uh, at the inaugural community residence, the arena community residence that's a tiny bit further north where a mom um, got an apartment for her son and all of a sudden she called her son one night around dinner time just to find out what was going on and she couldn't reach him and didn't know where he was what was happening she decided not to worry too much but was a little bit concerned well she when uh, she and her son connected that night his response was uh sorry mom i was at dinner with friends and uh, we played poker afterwards and i just got home a bit late and when the mom tells the story, she says, that's something I never thought I'd hear about my son. It was the best thing in the world. And, you know, thank God he's living at the uh, Rena community residence. There's another individual who um, I was speaking with yesterday, Jamie, who's at the Lou Fruitman Rena residence, who's had uh, mental health challenges for a number of years, has been um, homeless, has been couch surfing, has had addiction issues. He's coming out of his shell absolutely beautifully. He is recovering fantastically. He came down, we had a day on Parliament Hill, uh, March 27th about housing and uh, developmental disabilities. And he was uh, one of the speakers and telling his story, not a dry eye in the house. And it's incredible that he's able to discuss it to such an extent. And that's just because he's got safety and surroundings within his home, much like ChatGPT described, it's a community. It's a place where he feels safe. That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing those stories. And I'm sure you, there's so many more uh, lives changed. You talked a little bit um, when you talked about Rena, the caregivers too. And I could just imagine, I mean, not only are you changing the lives of the individuals who are now 
able to you know live semi-independently build some new friendships play poker that kind of thing but the caregivers as well i wonder if you have any stories about caregivers whose lives you've impacted and changed well yeah a hundred percent so i'd say about the uh second or third month when i was working with rena i was at an event and speaking with parents and speaking with some of the people living at the arena community residence and parents of brothers were telling me the story of number one the brothers had not lived together for years but now they were back together living at the arena community residence and this was the first time in years that the parents were able to take a vacation go anywhere outside knowing that their children we're doing well, we're being well looked after. It takes a village to raise a child, as we know. It takes two or three villages to raise an individual with developmental disabilities. Um, and the stress and strain on family and caregivers is immense. And very often it's too much for one person to handle. Some of the individuals we support require two or three caregivers to one. So, um, the, the ratio is very depending on the needs. But uh, no, it, it makes a tremendous difference knowing that your loved one um, is in good surroundings, in community with uh, people helping. And of course, you're still part of the equation. You're still visiting. You're still doing. They're probably coming home to you on the weekends. It just gives you the opportunity to uh, be active in the community as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if, for people, for listeners to understand, I mean, uh, say, say you're the parent of a child, usually, now it's later, it used to be years ago, 18, they move away and do their own thing. Now in the GTA, at least 50% of uh, kids up to age 30 live at home, just mainly because of affordability, not because they want to be there. But can you imagine with the developmental disabilities, again, uh, that's a wide range of uh, of disabilities we're talking about, right? Some some individuals are way more uh, independent uh, than others, but you can imagine that, as you said, never been a, being able to take a vacation, being that constant caregiver who might be working full-time as well, right? The strain that it puts on a family. And so the importance of this housing, the supportive housing, the wraparound services uh, is incredible. And, and the stats you mentioned too, uh, I, I don't think that Canadians at large really understand that uh, you know, of the two hundred fifty thousand Canadians experiencing homelessness each year, uh, what did you say, Gary? Eighteen percent. Eighteen to thirty percent have developmental disabilities. Yeah. And I just want to touch on something you were just saying. We also have a number of respite units. So during COVID, unfortunately, we had to close them, but now they're reopening once again. So individuals living with their families, when the family needs to go away for a short time, or maybe one or the other needs a break for one or the other, we have respite units available, as do many other agencies uh, and, and, and the space as well that uh, the families can uh, take, may take advantage of as well. Very cool and so, so needed. Gary, what does ideal, so, so if we were to look 10 years down the road and all your dreams for this came true, what does that look like? Well, I don't see why individuals with developmental disabilities are treated any differently than anybody else. So I'm going to look at my two boys. Uh, they have choices. They can either live at home and never leave. They can rent their own place. They can have roommates in an apartment. They can buy a home themselves with roommates or what have you. 
And my hope is that there's enough housing out there so the individuals that we support have those exact same options, can live where they want, how they want, and when they want, but we have a long way to go. And the way we're going to get there is by everybody talking to their elected officials at every level and saying, we've got to do something. We need more housing for homeless, absolutely, as well as for the vulnerable community of those with developmental disabilities. Now you answered my next question before it was asked, but how people <laughs> can get involved. That's how good you are. Listen, I, I encourage everyone, listen to Gary, and that's how it happens. Make it an election issue. Make it something that uh, people are going to listen to because this is important and it affects us all, uh, all of our communities. Gary, if someone wanted to support Rena, you, you mentioned the website. Let's mention it again. If they wanted to support Rena, follow, see what you're up to. Can you talk a little bit about where do they find out more information? How can they reach you? What are the socials, et cetera? Absolutely. Well, uh, great stuff for um, virtual backgrounds. They can see uh, how they can find us on the socials at Rena Foundation, hashtag Rena 50, hashtag inclusion. Uh, you can check out our website. As I mentioned before, www.rena.org. And um, follow me as well at Gladstone CFRE. But uh, just do a search on Gary Gladstone Rena and it probably comes up. But uh, no, my pleasure. Get involved. Uh, Rena's having many events coming up. We're having Striking for Rena on uh, May 26th, which is our uh, one of our bowling fundraisers. And we'll be having other events for. Uh, Arena at 50 throughout the year. Just uh, check the website by all means. Well, Gary, congratulations. And more uh, more importantly, thank you to you and the team at Arena uh, for all the work you do, not only in supporting individuals with developmental disabilities and their families, but for the advocacy work you're doing and continue to lead across the country. It's so important. It's so impactful. And we're grateful for it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, but it's me who's got to thank you as well for making sure that the message gets out there and for the incredible work that you do, again, not only yourself, but through Blue Door. And thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you soon, Gary. Right, bye. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.